0: Hey everyone! Welcome back to another episode of the Gakko of Gays podcast. I'm Alaska. I'm Taylor. I'm Cam. Right oh That was really good. Um, and this is One Direction <laughs> reunion tour.
1: We're playing. We're playing. Spin the Harry. Everyone, get ready. <laughs>
0: It's just a fucking cardboard cutout of Harry Styles.
1: No, because I actually had one of those. Oh, <laughs> I did too, I had a mini so... one. Yeah, mine was life-sized. Oh?
0: When my parents were cleaning out my granddad's house, they found one of those cutouts. Not of Harry Styles, but I don't remember who it was, but I said, why do you have that? And they were like, "Hmm." But someone wanted scary. it. So I was like, okay, who is that man though? And Maybe he was like attached
1: to it. Because when I- <laughs> Oh, when you When we retirement home, there was this guy, this old guy, obviously. Who had a room full of brat stalls And he'd yeah. brush yeah. all of their hair every morning and put them to bed. Oh. That's, yeah. Um, I mean, you know. that uh, that collection's expensive. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I,
0: I rob him. <laughs> you know. So okay. how, how was uh, how was alls day so far? My tummy's got bubbles in it. That's how your entire day went. What about you, Taylor? I really <laughs>
1: did none, so. <laughs> well, I got a bunch of shirts from the thrift store.
0: Ooh, that's nice. Oh,
1: I found a Coachella shirt from 2017. Oh
0: yeah. Headlining
1: uh, Kendrick Lamar, Lady Gaga, and uh, someone
0: else. That's pretty good.
1: Ooh, that's cool. Mm-hmm.
0: I spent the last six hours in the corner of a Panera Bread with my hood on, just sitting yeah. there. <laughs> you you holding up the place or what? That like, sketchy. It. I looked sketchy. I was there for most of those <laughs> boy shows. <laughs> But I, I was like, it's not worth driving 30 minutes home and then coming back. But I didn't think that it would take that long. So I was just sitting there reading. You slammed and the I, bread bowl
1: on the counter. You said, one more
0: round. i like, said, Leave the soup bag. Yeah. Well, because it got the, the looks that the employees were giving me. I, I said, man, I don't want to be here. And my, my computer wouldn't open because I was going to go over my notes today, but I couldn't. And so I was like, okay, I just so gonna if read. you're gonna be
1: here, you're gonna clock in.
0: And then yeah, I should have at that point. Shut up, yeah. I'm like, can I get one of those applications? Uh, because they were hiring. So, but you're like, like just for today, though. Actually, <laughs> so that's yeah. That I don't feel real still. But today is a slop tart special episode. I will be giving my case, which is extremely fucked up. So I hope y'all are ready. Don't be eaten.
1: That's the title.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alaska got a job at Panera Bread. <laughs> I know they were placing bets on me too For how long I was going to be there
1: Oh 100% They are probably afraid to look you in the eyes
0: Yeah <laughs>
1: definitely... This girl's been here for hours Don't surf her
0: <laughs> She's a stray She's a... Stop She'll she come back Because <laughs> no, sometimes too I would just stop reading And just dissociate for a little bit, so I'd just be staring at, like, the wall. <laughs> you start hitting your head to the table? Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's so scary, Alaska. I couldn't,
0: I literally couldn't help it. And my phone was gonna die, so I could hardly be on that either, so it's just, uh, yeah. Anyway. Started crawling at all fours around the restaurant. <laughs> it was so quiet too and there was nobody for so long until like 10 and then so many people started coming in for lunch which was weird that everyone was just eating lunch at 10 a.m but i mean whatever i mean LDU. okay
1: i do that when i like don't eat breakfast sometimes so you were in a glitch in time i yeah yeah the vets medicated you (laughs) they're <laughs> gonna look at the security
0: cameras just to make sure I didn't do anything. They, they, the beds fucking hit you with a blow dart on your way out. On your way out. <laughs> no, it felt like it. Oh, okay, okay. Let's get in this before I fucking oh, okay. uh, dissociate again. Then you're not gonna hear anything. <laughs> All right, this so. <laughs> Massive trigger warnings for this episode. Before we start, we got sexual assault, sexual assault of children, murder, sodomy, sodomy of children, mutilation, and I will list where I got my information at the end. It was Los Angeles in the mid-1980s. The city was plagued with fear as there was constant child abductions, people being robbed, sexually assaulted, sodomized, and being violently murdered and mutilated. No one felt safe in their own homes. Sales of guns were rising rapidly with people standing outside the firearm stores before they even fucking opened. So people were just, yeah, locks were going, like, sales of any type of protection was just skyrocketing. The LAPD was scratching their asses while the department's homicide investigators Gil Carrillo and Frank Salerno worked to try to find the perpetrator committing these heinous crimes. All while being gaslit by other officers when they said the same person was responsible for all these acts of violence. So they were saying, you know, because there were so many in so many different areas, and they were trying to be like, this is the same person. Everyone was like, no, you're fucking dumb. Like, why? No. that You're crazy for thinking that. Your friends teach you that word? Right. All they knew for sure was that this person had an avia shoe that was about 11 and a half in size, they idolized Satan, and that they were crusty, dusty, and musty. But who was this person? On February 29th, 1960, this <laughs> demon was spawned in El Paso, Texas. Ya boy, Texas, you know. Not Texas. It's yeah. like right on the border of not being in Texas, so I don't claim it. His name was Ricardo, or Richard, Leva Munoz Ramirez, or his family liked to call him Richie. So no and- way. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't know i'm not gonna <laughs> Yep. yeah he was the youngest of five his parents were mercedes and julian ramirez they were considered blessed if you will to have been able to have this many children so his other siblings were robert ruth joseph and Reuben. during mercedes time while she was pregnant with richard and all of the children she had been working in a boot factory That caused her to be exposed to chemical fumes. (laughs) It's so terrible. Shit. Yeah, which led (laughs) to birth defects in many of her children. They range from respiratory problems into like bone defects. Is that to to rotten stinky mouth? To yeah, just. (laughs) that man yeah his father Julian had come from a long line of abusive relationships from his father to his grandfather and he had vowed to never do that to his children because he knew how it affected him making him quiet and withdrawn so he was like I don't want to do that to my children you know but that vow did not hold and he eventually ended up abusing his children like he was yep Mm -hmm. just continuing a very long line of yeah terrible. Richard was witness and subject to abuse that stemmed from his father, causing many issues within the childhood. When he was about two years old, Ruth was actually left to watch him, which is why did they leave her to watch a two-year-old? But I don't know. And he wanted old her was ruth? I think she was like i don't remember like three or four years old like she was not Damn. It, it could have been that the older siblings were there too not just her but she really uh, ruth really liked richard like she they said whenever she he was born that she thought of him as kind of her doll at least in some uh, of the sources that i so she really liked him mm-hmm. and liked taking care of him so she was the main one watching him and stuff so okay
1: emotional incest
0: Yeah, so he's about two years old and he wanted her to turn the music on the radio because he really liked it, but she kept refusing him. And so he's like, I'm gonna do it myself. He's like, I'm independent, it's fine. So he tried to scale a dresser where the radio was on top of, and it landed on him, giving him a head injury that required 13 stitches. So there's Damn. one head injury on top of, you know, the fumes that his mom was inhaling. So then when he was right. also... <laughs> then when he was five years old, he went to the park where Ruth had been, like... He was going to meet Ruth, and he was so excited when he got there that he was running up to her, but she was swinging, and she she hit him with the fucking swing, like, full force. Knocked him unconscious. Damn, <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> I mean, like, you can't stop it. I'm sure she was Listen. so high and just, boom, He he hawed him in the face. Hey. Like like, yeah, so that's another head injury <laughs> within the first five years of his life. <laughs> so as you know, head injuries can cause damage to the frontal lobe, which a lot of serial killers actually have. This is because the damage to the frontal lobe is involved in things such as general planning, inhibition of appropriate behavior, and the regulation of higher emotions. So yeah. without this, yeah. it can cause lack of empathy alongside intense impulsivity and... Violence. So, he was kind of fucked from the beginning. Right on. When he was in fifth grade, he started to have grand mal seizures and was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. These type of seizures can often be triggered by things such as health problems, a low blood sugar, and a high fever or a stroke. So, yeah, he had a lot going on. Eventually, they stopped in his early teen years. Some think it's because he started smoking weed, which I don't know how, I mean, maybe, but they stopped, so yeah Well, into his teen years he was hi- highly influenced by the things surrounding him he often took to sleeping in the cemetery near his house to escape the wrath of his father oh yeah sad. when he was about 12 years old his cousin mike had returned from the vietnam war and began hanging out with richard which is fucking weird because you're an adult and you're hanging out with a 12 year old but whatever so he began telling richard about his time overseas he would show him graphic photos of the vietnamese women that he had sexually assaulted tortured and also mutilated oh uh, yeah it's just showing Why? him those fucking i don't know that's a great question so only a year later when richard was about 13 years old he was hanging out with his cousin mike at his home when mike's wife Jessie had returned home they had a lot of arguments normally because basically mike was a no-life and he refused to get a job and just hung out with the 12 year old instead he this he said this is fine i don't need a job i got richard It's good. So, yeah.
1: Fucking Richard. (laughs) Fucking
0: Richard. So, you know, he's at his house. She comes home. They begin arguing because, you know, she was telling him to get a job again and he kept refusing. But this time, he pulled out a gun and held it to her face. So she basically called his bluff of shooting her, but he actually pulled the trigger and it killed her instantly. All while Richard was there. He's 12. 13 at
1: this point. Damn.
0: Mike told him to go home and not tell anyone what he saw, so he did. And later, mm-hmm. after everything came out, he had to go back to the crime scene with his father to get something for Mike's mother, so which is Reuben's sister. And this is where he would later recall his dark fantasies beginning to form, from the liking of the stories he heard from Mike, to the photographs, to the killing of the wife, and then seeing the scene yet again. He said that he was getting aroused by visiting the crime scene and seeing all the blood and everything right yeah oh so he's sick yes and all his cousin mike got was a trip to the mental health institution after literally killing his own wife they said slap on the wrist you're good to go so from the beginning uh, so he was like oh I won't get in trouble. Right. Yeah. So he's learning like, oh, you can just kill someone. It's fine. You just go to mental hospital for a few weeks and you're good. Like, what? So the same year he ended up moving in with Ruth, which is his older sister and her husband. So she is a little bit older, I guess. So probably around like he's 13 at the time. I think she was 18 or 19. So five years around. So she had actually married that guy to kind of get away from her dad. So she didn't really know him that well. It was just kind of like, let's go a
1: great way to start a marriage
0: this is just so fucked up okay so he moved in with them and then this piece of shit her husband was a peeping tom in the neighborhood so he would sulk around in late hours and look into windows and watch women undress so then he began showing richard how to do this at 13 years old and so his dark fantasies just began to grow even more especially about forced bondage and then the violation of women so he got off on the fact that you know they had no control, basically. And read, just Just violence. read Playboys. Right. Just like... He thought that whatever he wanted, he could just take it. He also went to visit his brother Ruben in LA at this time because he had already moved out. They all wanted to get away from their dad, so they were trying to move out as fast as possible. This is where... <laughs> God, uh... He had bad, bad influences. His brother was showing him around the bus terminal where a lot of thieves and other margins of society hung around. They liked to burglarize homes to get their money. So Richard loved it. Okay. He was like, hell yeah, big city. Because he's already been stealing like little bits, you know, just kind of wallets and shit. Not really burglar. Yeah. Burglary. Yeah but then he was like holy shit look at all these nice houses these people are rich but he was still pretty young so he could not move out there yet he went back to el paso back at home in his teenage years he had a job at a hotel where he continued his pickpocketing and peeping on unsuspecting women until one day he was brave enough to actually try to attack a woman he tried to rape her but before he could the husband arrived and just beat the ever-loving shit out of him
1: Uh, He's, it would he's have saved like a lot of trouble. Of right? guy, he's like the type of guy to uh, complain about paying for girls only fans.
0: Yeah. Yes. You would think that at least you would get in trouble with law enforcement, but nothing ever came from the attack because the couple didn't live in Texas, so they didn't want to come back from out of state to deal with a trial. Stop. Yeah. So then he just saw that, oh, okay, it's fine. I can just attack people and get away with it too. Like, <sighs> As for relationships growing up, when he was around 18 years old, he had actually only one relationship, uh, Nancy Avila. She said she was. he was never aggressive or abusive to her, but the first time that they ever tried to have sex, he... Could not perform, oh. and it was in a hotel. She said after that they started meeting up in cemeteries to um have uh, sex. What? Oh, yeah, but they were actually able to have a sexual relationship in the cemetery. Okay, but like, listen,
1: if the person I was with was like, "Hey, let's go have sex in a cemetery," I don't.
0: That's a red flag. No, like, um, Shaman, unless it but... was a
1: vampire. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, that's the only
1: <laughs> vampire diary. But what? Yeah. I
0: Yeah. But this just kind of shows that he got off on death. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, even though they had a sexual relationship, it wasn't enough for Richard because in his mind, he was wanting the violence and pain that went with sexual acts because that's what really, really got him. So when he was 22 years old in 1982, he realized that El Paso lifestyle no longer fit him. So he decided to make his way straight to the city of LA. Sending off the 16-hour bus ride and into the lights of the city, he was ready to begin a new life and worst part of his life. After arriving in LA, he spent the majority of his time hanging around the bus terminal where all the other thieves and drug lords like to hang around. He continued his art art of thievery by breaking into homes to rob the place and then pawn the items because he could also after he got the items he was able to buy drugs and also trade the items at the bus terminal for money he could get everything so he also used this money to pay for his nightly stays at various motels and hotels around the skid row area specifically cecil was a big one Mm. like we mentioned at one point he tried staying with his brother reuben and his wife but there was some tension so he eventually left the tension was that apparently richard was trying to flirt with this his wife
1: I mean yeah that would that would make me a little
0: tense (laughs) I would be pissed but before he was kicked out, actually, there was an ironic point where someone tried to break into the home while Richard was sleeping on the couch. So he called for his brother and they beat the shit out of the intruders and then they ran off. That he was ironic. Foreshadowing type. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to switch over to using his last name because he starts being less of a human and more like a demon. So he doesn't deserve to be called by his first name or the Night Stalker because that just glorifies him, in my opinion. Even if yeah. he's like the other Night Stalker, he isn't even the original. So, crime yeah yeah and these are the crimes in 1984 what was going on after two years of his more simple crimes at least we know about he committed his first murder on april 10th 1984 the nine-year-old may lang was with her eight-year-old brother nine yeah eight-year-old brother looking for a one-dollar bill that they had lost when Ramirez approached them and told her to follow him into the basement of the apartment building that they lived in to find it. Here he strangled and raped Ling before he stabbed her to death with a switchblade. He left her body hanging partially nude from a pipe by her blouse. And it wasn't until 2009 with the DNA testing that matched his DNA to the crime scene that they found us out. 2009?
1: hmm like crime was pretty easy to get away with, like, in the 70s and stuff, though. They yeah, didn't have all that Yeah. That's now. true,
0: but... Yeah, so some people leave this one out because of how late it was. I think not only this one, I think that there was more before this, and they just haven't been able to link him to them. Oh, that's okay. just yeah, my opinion. Yeah, I believe that. So, about two months later he decided to strike again on june 27th came upon jenny vincouse who was 79 her house in uh eagle rock she was sleeping uh, when he. wait
1: 79 could... so he didn't have like a like you know some serial killers have like an age preference
0: yeah see that's the thing that is wild about him is that he had no preference race like age he didn't care it just whoever honestly that
1: does make it really hard. Right. Yeah, and, like he also,
0: and you know how some people stick to one way of killing as well? He didn't... Yeah, He would shoot people, he would strangle people, he would stab people. There was no... That also kind of made it hard, and I could see yeah. kind of why the cops were like, oh, this isn't the same person. I mean, they don't have... A trend, yeah. but it's still yeah. So she was sleeping when he snuck into the window of her house. He then proceeded to stab her repeatedly before killing her by slitting her throat.
1: Oh my god!
0: Her son was the one to have found her the following day when he arrived at the apartment <sighs> to find it unlocked. And after he her found son. his son, yeah, that's really trauma. He was older, but you know, like that's so it's your t- fucking terrible. You see your mom's throat slit. Like see yeah. anybody in condition? is fucking yeah, yeah. yeah. So, especially yeah. Especially your, your parent. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. No. The only evidence that he left here was a fingerprint that was on the windowsill, which he climbed into. It's all? Yeah. Jesus Christ.
1: Oh? My Panda dissy Wait, Jordan's opening Uh, my Panda <clears throat> Your what? Panda. Mm. Uh, Panda ex pussy. <laughs> they didn't give us <laughs> any forks. Looks
0: like you're to a garage docket. Guess I'll use my fingies.
1: No forks?
0: Right. You should have kicked your nerdy. Okay, proceed uh yeah so the fingerprint so he got arrested for auto theft on December 12th so his shit was already in the system if they just you know DNA oh and fingerprints and shit yeah that's frustrating oh there's so just wait you're gonna be so mad in this fucking case there's so many times okay so during February and March of 1985 there was a series of child abductions as well they were around Montebello Monterey Park and Glassell parking all of these children were sexually assaulted and just abandoned they got descriptions from all of these children of their kidnapper. And so they made a sketch of the suspect. One of the six-year-old's name was Anastasia Horonas. She was the one to report that he took her and he had her open the gun compartment whenever they were driving so she could see the gun that was hidden there just so she, quote, knew it was there, end quote. Uh, Jesus
1: Christ.
0: He's psychotic. He also stuffed her in a duffel bag. Oh my God. When he, Alive? Yeah. Uh uh-huh. hmm and that's horrifying. He assaulted her, and then after he assaulted her, he drove her to a gas station and told her to get out and go inside so that she could call nine one one. Oh, so it also doesn't I make mean... sense because sometimes he would leave people alive that yeah, could easily give descriptions of him, right? I think
1: he like liked the chase. Like he was like, "Oh, they haven't caught me yet. They're not gonna catch me." Yeah. He's really, he's really like, bored. He was like, "All right, like somebody,
0: like, why you have on. Yeah. <laughs> so on March 17th, Maria Hernandez, who was 22, arrived back at their condominium that she shared with Dale Okazaki, who was 34. She didn't know that Richard was in the shadows watching and waiting for an opportunity to attack. That's so, literally my worst nightmare. Mine too. I know. Like when I was reading about that, I said, "Who?" So while she was closing the garage door, he slipped inside, which is also like, "Oh God!" So she was that's closing so scary. it, and he just—I literally. She turned around because she heard a noise, and that's when he held a gun to her. And she lifted her hands to protect herself but she was shot anyways so she fell to the ground Aww. and so after he shot her he continued into the home dale her roommate had heard it and so she was ducking behind a counter before he entered so she was already hiding but he already knew where she was he held the gun in place waiting for her to peek over the counter and as soon as she did he shot her directly in the forehead killing her instantly oh So he fled the scene but before he could get off the lawn he was met by maria who he just shot she had somehow survived because the gunshot had ricocheted off of her keys that she was holding in her hand since the force of the bullet knocked her down she just pretended to be dead and so he held the gun to her again that's so smart it is smart when he was holding the gun to her again she said something to him about like you shot me once wasn't enough and then he just left he said bye i mean he's probably like what the fuck some say that he thought it was a divine intervention thing so he just left it like oh she's meant to be alive because that happened i don't know how he well i mean
1: yeah that's fucked up but at least she like lived yeah
0: this was before gil and frank were partners so kurio and his partner arrived on scene with the task force, it turned out that he actually knew Maria Hernandez's mother. So as he said, it was like really personal from the beginning. And this was the first crime scene that he was actually on. After he fled the scene, uh, within an hour, he attacked a 30 year old named Sai Lian Yu by pulling her from the car in Monterey Park. He shot her two times with the same handgun that was used for the killings just before this, which was a 22 caliber handgun before he fled. She was still alive by the time that the police had arrived, but unfortunately, died before the ambulance had arrived. Damn. So these two killings in the same day raised a lot of concern and gained a lot of attention due to the media. This caused him to get the name The Walk-In Killer or The Valley Intruder. While Maria Hernandez was in the hospital recovering from her injuries, they sent an artist to her to have her describe the suspect so that they could do a composite sketch. When he was showing other detectives the sketch, apparently one of them had a sketch from an attempted kidnapping out of the city of Pico Rivera that looked similar to the sketch that he received from Maria. So they kind of compared them and they looked similar so that's when he was like i think the same person that's abducting children is the one that's killing these people even though ben cow had been killed by slashing the throat and then these were shot and then the children some i mean he killed the nine-year-old but then he left the other ones it's just it 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 was a lot. So only 10 days after he burglarized for the second time, he had done it the year earlier, the home of Vincent Cesara and his wife, Maxine Cesara. which is crazy to me also that he went back to the same house like a year later. That's bold. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah, So after entering around 2 a.m., he instantly shot Vincent in the head while he slept on the couch with the same gun that he's been using, the 22. His wife woke up from the sound of the gunshot and he quickly bound her hands and beat her, demanding to tell her where she kept all of her valuables. She directed him, and while he was distracted, she slipped out of her bounds and grabbed a shotgun that was kept under their bed. She aimed it at Ramirez. She aimed it at him and pulled the trigger. bitch. But the gun was empty oh so, fuck that yeah so we, once again could I have all ended that. there you know, uh her husband had actually taken the bullets the day earlier because the grandkids were coming to visit and he just wanted to keep the kids safe Aww. but then he forgot to reload the gun that's sad And then Ramirez was pissed off about this, so he shot her three times and then went to get a carving knife from the kitchen with which he used to mutilate her body by stabbing her repeatedly. And then he gouged her eyes out and put them in a jewelry box before fleeing and leaving his footprint. Gouged
1: her eyes out?
0: Yeah. Oh my god That's the only time he ever did that But yeah he did, he did do You that think too. it was
1: because he was like mad Because she like tried to fight back
0: Yeah I think, I think so I, I think so I believe that he was just so Because none of them really fought back like that So he just yeah. When he left He left his footprint in the flower bed And this was the first time that the size 11.5 Avia footprint was discovered Autopsy showed that she was already dead At least when her eyes were taken Which is I mean That's better hilarious. than her being alive But it's still Yeah What the fuck? On May 14th, Ramirez entered the home of William Doy, who was 65, and Lillian Doy, who was 56, in Monterey Park. So a lot of them are in Monterey Park, kind of that surrounding area. Mm -hmm. He unfortunately was able to use the element of surprise to his advantage. Oh, yeah, so when he would get inside of their houses, normally he would take the time to adjust to the dark before he would do anything, so he'd just be lurking.
1: That's really fucking creepy. Mm -hmm. That's like, it's
0: giving, like, Predator, like, it's, I know
1: he is one, but it's giving, like, like feral, like,
0: animalistic, he, like, no, just the dark. in my opinion he's so fucking fair like it's amazing to me that that's a real person that's like fucking primitive that's uh, that's something deep deep rooted yeah William actually woke up and went for the handgun but Ramirez shot him with his gun before he was able to reach it oh uh, he also but he was he, William lived through this but he beat him into unconsciousness before he bound Lillian with thumb cuffs which is weird I had never heard of thumb cuffs before what are those? exactly what you would think cuffs that hold your thumbs <laughs> It's just,
1: like they're just
0: it's literally hold on. I'm So confused by
1: this. He's in the he's in the dark so often, he does it so often he knows he has to wait a specific amount of time to adjust himself. That's so like Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Ugh.
0: But yeah, they're just metal little holes that you put your thumbs in, which I doesn't feel as if that would really do anything. Wouldn't
1: they like break your thumbs if you tried to like pull them apart or something? I don't know.
0: Probably, yeah. Depending oh, on how like tight the... they are.
1: Like the like the Chinese ones?
0: No. <laughs> 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 Not like those
1: two. Let me <laughs> I am uh, clearly not getting it.
0: Let me send in the Discord.
1: Restrating devices that are made of metal and resemble—that's what they the More common wrist oh. cuffs or handcuffs.
0: That's not what I was picturing. After he bound her, he ransacked the house looking for valuables because that's what his income came from. And right. then he raped her before fleeing the scene. William Doyle was the one that actually called the police before he died, and they say that that saved his wife's life. If he hadn't called when he did, she oh. would not have lived. I know but he so. died
1: right. Mm-hmm. Oh, after the attack
0: Lillian oh, told the sad. police that the attacker had bad teeth and then after this, another detective sent Korea a picture of a footprint that had been left in the cement of a construction site after a child abduction and the footprints matched. Something that was so really- that just like, confirmed them that it was the same person? Mm-hmm. And I remember when they sent that, Korea was like, because they said it was a 10 or something, size 10, and he said, how did you measure that? And they were saying that one guy on the police force basically put his foot over it, and that's how they measured it, and he, uh. <laughs> he was like, you dumbass, like, get a ruler and then it was 11 in house so he's like oh no they're fucking <laughs> that's uh, yeah yeah on may 29th he drove his ugly ass stolen car because he would constantly be stealing cars this as- i mean and that's another thing i'm like there's so many he's not i, l- I looked up
1: thumb cuffs uh-huh. they're more they're more portable and like they're just they're just quicker i guess
0: mm. when don't, got take those? Much, don't take much room in your pocket Yeah, Uh, that makes sense. It's also weird that he never used them in any other any other
1: time. Yeah. um,
0: So he drove his house to Maybell Maybell's house, and she was 83 years old, and she shared the home with her disabled sister Florence Nettie Lang, who was 81 years old. So 83 and 81. It was in Monrovia. Instead of bringing a weapon, he just searched the home before deciding on a hammer that was in the kitchen. He first bludgeoned them, then bound Florence in her bedroom. Then he bound Maybell before using electrical wires to shock each of the women he attempted to rape florence but he failed which left him frustrated so he found lipstick and drew a pentagram on the inside of her thigh and on the walls inside the house and he then he fled somehow they lived for 2 days they lived Two days, no one found them. Oh, they were alive that's... barely in that home for two days. After they were found, Maybell ended up living, but her sister passed due to the extent of her injuries. And I mean, they
1: were like 80, so... Yeah. I'm surprised that they even lived for, for anybody. two days.
0: Yeah. At the crime scene, they ended up finding his shoe print on an alarm clock. So, shoe prints everywhere. On an alarm clock? Yeah. I think he used it to hit them. Oh. A shoe print,
1: and so he stepped on it on his way out. I guess I I could, I could see like maybe it, it went off, and he was like, ah, it's ruined in the moment, and steps on it. To
0: do that that's too. what I picture, but it's like, I don't know. Also, I'm so wildly uncomfortable when I read these, so that's why I think I'm obviously not laughing at, you know, I just get uncomfortable <laughs> and they're so fucked up. Okay. On the very next day, he snuck into the home of Ruth Wilson, who was 41. She woke up to him shining a flashlight in her face and then a gun, demanded to give her valuables over to him, and he used her son as bait to get her to comply because he was really scared and so he was basically like, I will kill your son. If you don't Oh yeah.
1: my god so
0: She gave him her valuables Including a diamond necklace Instead of letting it go in peace He shoved the young boy in a closet Locking him inside Then he proceeded to rape and sodomize Ruth Before fleeing the scene and keeping her alive She would later report that he had bad breath And smelled really bad Like really bad BO Yeah. And he gets so bold with Like he will do them back to back Some in the same day Some two one day One the next day It's just So the next day he used that same stolen car to drive to Carol Kyle's house who was 42. He held her and her 11 year old son at gunpoint as he bound them before doing his ransacking. After not being able to find them, he had Carol direct Uh, him to them before he raped her repeatedly and then fled. So leaving her alive as well. She later said that he kept saying not to look him in the eye or he would cut her eyes out. So that's another big thing that happened a lot is people would report that he would tell them not to look at him. That too and also probably not to be identified. But then again he does stuff where he doesn't, I mean he doesn't try to cover his face or, I mean they're gonna see. So somewhere around this time was where Salerno actually asked Carrillo, which was apparently a big like to be his partner and apparently this was a big deal because Salerno had worked on the hillside strangler case so he is really you know he's older and he had a lot of experience and everyone idolized him because it was such a big case and everything and Creo was younger he had just became a detective not too long before this and it kind of it pissed me off because people were acting like Carrillo should not have been asked to be his partner that it should have been someone else it also pissed me off too that they treated Creo like shit because most he even said that most people in the detective's apartment were whites and he was not. He was Mexican. And so all these people weren't believing him either when he kept saying that this is the same guy doing it. But then when Frank Salerno was like, Tell me what you think, and Crea told him, Salerno agreed with him and then told the department what they both thought, and then they were like, Oh, okay. I was like, Oh, you pissed me off. Yeah, that is worse. Really <sighs> After stupid. all of that, yeah. And yeah, it's fucked up. They also said that it was hard because there in LA, there's about five jurisdictions, I think, and there was different crimes in each jurisdiction, but no one wanted to fucking share information because competitiveness, because men. It's like men. A fucking... <laughs> pissing contest. So, it really is. <laughs> if they just had stopped that, they probably would have captured him way faster. But, you know, it's fine. Of course, on a June 27th, he broke into the home of Patty Elaine Higgins. He slit her throat and then repeatedly stabbed her afterwards. And so, this was the first crime scene that Creo and Salerno worked together. On July 2nd, only 4 days after, he drove his car to the home of Mary Louise Cannon, who was 75, before quietly entering the house. She was a widowed grandmother and lived alone. He found her sleeping in her bedroom and then took a lamp and beat her unconscious before repeatedly stabbing her with a 10-inch knife that he had retrieved from her kitchen. Once again, just using whatever's there. Yeah. I was gonna say a lamp. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so
1: scary that he just used like anything.
0: It is. There's no... (sighs) And serial killers that go in with no plan at all are the scariest to me. Yeah, same.
1: No, serial killers like home invasion ones are scary. Mm -hmm.
0: On July 4th, Whitney Bennett was in her family's house in Sierra Madre, California. She was only 16 years old. So she had left the first floor bedroom window unlocked because earlier she had opened it to let her father know that he retrieved a phone call and he was outside I think playing with the kids or something cause I mean 4th of July. So he, she just forgot to lock it whenever she closed it back. So the shit stain himself ended up sneaking in through the window the same night, He used the tire iron to hit her and also attempted to choke her to death. After he was done he just left. She ended up surviving after her parents found her and she needed 478 stitches to close the gashes made on her scalp by the tire iron.
1: Oh my god
0: yeah it's amazing to me that she lived through that because that's
1: so many Jesus Christ yeah
0: after arriving on the scene they found a bloody fabric mark that they assumed had been from like a gardener glove so they assumed that's why there wasn't that many fingerprints left was that he was wearing gloves they also found his bloody footprint on her pink comforter so another footprint Somewhere that's a lot of footprints yeah <laughs> That's right so somewhere around this time period was when he had attempted kidnapping of a little girl and when it didn't work out he raced away in his stolen car he committed committed a traffic violation, and he was pulled over by a police officer. It's
1: always the fucking traffic violations. Mm-hmm.
0: So just simple traffic violation, he got pulled over. The officer literally said, like, hey, you're not the guy out here killing all those people, right? No. Oh. <laughs> and Ramirez laughed and said, no, but I hope you guys catch that guy. Like, are you fucking God. kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You didn't look at any of the draw. You didn't pay attention at all. It's like...
1: Because oh. he, he, he chewed gum
0: beforehand. He was like you'll never catch me now (laughs) so when the officer realized that ramirez did not have a license he asked him to step out of the car and the officer went back to his motorcycle to get his citation book and then ramirez because over the radio they were also talking about the attempted kidnapping right so (laughs) it's fine and ramirez drew a pentagram on the hood of the car and ran just drew it with the fucking dust and ran Yep. If he, wants, That's to so chased, weird.
1: he yep. wants to be chased, he wants to be chased. And he was it's right more, there. It's more exciting. It was right fucking there, and they just... That's so fucking weird. Because imagine, he keeps getting, over- getting like... Away with this when it's it's getting over it, he keeps getting away with it so often. He's probably like, I'm like, I'm bored, like, what can we do? Like, spice things up, Mm -hmm. yeah. He's getting like real cocky, he's so cocky,
0: but I mean, they just keep giving him reasons to think that he's not gonna get caught, yeah, exactly. He also thought that Satan was gonna protect him, that he would never get caught because of Satan. Oh,
1: that's probably why he was getting so cocky, too, yeah he's like I've been getting away with it so much like he must be doing something for me
0: so this stolen car ended up being impounded and they were supposed to scan the car for fingerprints but they waited too long and it was in the sun for too long that it made the fingerprints useless I couldn't find them because the sun
1: that's so fucking ridiculous like Uh,
0: (laughs) yeah uh yeah the cops tried to cover it they said that they weren't allowed to that the people I think they said the workers at the impound place or whatever said that they weren't allowed to do it which they're the fucking cops so i right. don't believe that and every other thing says that they just waited too long even though they didn't find fingerprints they did find a card for a dentist they visited this dentist and found that the suspect had gone by the name richard mana the dentist said that they had missed him by five days so oh. close yet so far but he did say that Ramirez would come back because, even though they didn't know his name at the time, but he said that this guy would come back because his tooth would bother him too bad not to. So he was kind of like, if you just wait around, he will come back. So they decided to place two officers here for surveillance of the building and waited. And I'm going to end part one there. I want you to wait and think. But yeah, that's part one of Richard Ramirez. The Night Stalker. The ratty piece of shit. The rat. Little piss boy baby. Stinky mouth. Stinky stinky rat bitch. Sorry. Not sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Isn't that crazy though? So many footprints. So many so many times it could have ended and it just well that makes sense why the reviews for the
1: show on netflix is like the the police are eating their own ass in jordan's word yeah yeah when they really didn't do much they did not yeah they didn't do much at all
0: and korea was trying and salerno was trying and it was just it fits me off but yeah i don't want to have like a two-hour episode so i'll just yeah end it there it just gets worse. any, any any uh any cool down announcements any uh trying to think right. like updates yeah sorry this has been my life for like the last 2 weeks <laughs> God. <laughs> and it, it's so frustrating And it's also just Sometimes I'll be researching And I just have to stop Because it can get overwhelming Especially yeah. this Like, yeah Like I said It makes me yeah. super uncomfortable Especially reading it out loud Is honestly way worse Than just, just reading, reading it, it in. My, yeah. Well, how's Coco? Coco, oh Well, so she was at 5 units And now we moved her up to 6 Because we needed her in Her glucose curve To be in the 200s And last time it was 500 And this time it was like Low 400s So, hopefully, the next time that we go in, it will be the last time, but I don't know.
1: Y'all who don't know, Coco is Alaska's dog who (laughs) has diabetes. Yeah, my dog has fucking
0: diabetes. (laughs) She's a party girl. She has diabetes. She's a skinwalker. Yeah, a little bit of everything. It's kind
1: of like this segue. Like, so, any life updates? We have this radio station over here, and in the morning, they'll play this little jingle that goes, Tell me something good. (laughs) Yeah. And there's like, like i tried it's kinda of bouncy Anything
0: else Aww. good that I'm almost done with my book. Man. Play. I'm oh, almost the, with the mine one that we're too. reading. Yeah. I just got Where'd to the chapter to that today? you ended. Or that oh, you 73? said you were. Yeah. So nice.
1: Oh, so we're at the same spot now. Yay. Uh,
0: uh yeah. Oh, thank you guys for what are we, one eighty three plays? That's pretty pretty fucking yeah. neat. Yeah. Appreciate that. Right on. Yeah,
1: yeah this this'll be eleven. Planning on doing a live Podcast at some point, right? Yes. Hell yeah. Yes, yes. What, was it when we reached two hundred or when we reached like a certain episode?
0: Uh, we should do it, yeah, on like a an important episode. I don't maybe know. like the
1: maybe the like twentieth. Yeah, I was gonna say 20. yeah. Either the twentieth episode or the two hundredth listen. Mm. Ooh,
0: like like a like a like a like a good number. You know what I mean? A good number. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. All right, Taylor, do you want to tell them where to find us? Yeah, I guess I will. Do you want to tell us your mom's maiden name? And your social security number, please.
1: <laughs> the name of your first pet in the street you grew up on? Birth date. Um,
0: yeah, so uh
1: my mom's maiden name <laughs> <laughs> is gaggle of gays podcast at gmail.com. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can see uh, why she wanted to change that last name. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My uh social security would be Gaggle gays on Twitter. My first,
0: first animal, Gaggle of gays podcast on Instagram. My first cat's name was Meow Meow. <laughs> is pretty good (laughs) don't you (laughs) it's kind of you I was like three you were three once Uh, yeah that's fucking nasty I had a TV fall on me when I was that age too I broke my (laughs) leg Stop oh my god stop it's the only bone i've ever we, broken you can't go down a bad path <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my villain origin story is the fucking tv falling on my leg yeah <sighs> anyways continue sir that's what like you. oh and then discord but you just have to find the link <laughs> you have to uh
1: you have to find the link on instagram or twitter you have to send us pictures of your meow meow i mean,
0: <laughs> I, mean I mean i mean
1: i mean of your cats of your cats it it's entrance. <laughs>
0: Gets banned from. We need to figure out how to get on Apple Podcast. Also, give us a review, yeah. please, if you would not mind. We would really appreciate it. So
1: yeah, yeah. My ego's depleted.
0: Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I <laughs> mean. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next episode. Bye horts. Bye horts. Bye hort. Just one. Be- yeah. you are for your-